Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. So glad you've joined me today. Hey, I want to talk to you today about an exciting new book that is about ready to be sent to the printer. Sue is working on the final edit and formatting it, and uh, it's called uh, Discovering the Real Jesus. Discovering the Real Jesus. It is such an important book. In fact, you know, I've got over 20 books that I have written and that have been published. Sue made the statement because she's reading through it, doing the edit and so on, and she says, I think this is the most important book you've ever written. And I agreed up to a point. I said, yeah, I have felt that it's the most important book I've written since 2,000 years of charismatic Christianity, which was my very first book. And so uh, we're, we're excited about this, and I want to share some things from the book today, Discovering the Real Jesus. You know, Jesus warned, I believe it is in Matthew chapter 24, uh, he, warned, he warned his disciples, and it's a warning to us. He said that many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Uh, the word Christ, our English word, it comes from the Greek word Christos, and Christos was the Greek counterpart to the Hebrew Messiah. So when you're reading your English Bible, every time you see the word Christ, you can substitute the word Messiah. And Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and shall deceive many. And there are many false Christ, many false Jesuses uh, in our world today. And so that is why this book is so very, very important, Discovering the Real Jesus. You know, in one of the chapters, I think it is chapter 3, I have one chapter, there are 16 chapters. Chapter 3 is entitled, Five Modern Deceptions About Jesus. Five Modern Deceptions About Jesus. And those five deceptions that I address in that chapter are, I call them, the the New Age Jesus of Oprah Winfrey, the fictitious Jesus of the Da Vinci Code, uh, the malleable Jesus of liberal theology, um, the nice Jesus of popular culture, and uh, the distorted Jesus of religious cults. And so... So, so these now these are just these are not all of them, but these are some examples of some of the most common ones in our world today. And uh, I thought that this the, that today I would share with you from that chapter. Uh, I'll share with you about the the New Age Jesus of Oprah Winfrey. And uh, but I just have a stirring in my heart, even as I have started talking about this, to share with you uh, about the distorted. Jesus of religious cults. And um, actually, so there are, there are many of those too, but I, I chose two of the most common ones, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. Now, now, you know, that doesn't mean that these are all wicked, evil people. No, you'll find some, some very uh, good, honest, decent people. Uh, but that's not the issue. The issue is we have to have truth, especially when it comes to Jesus. We have to know the real Jesus, the real Jesus of Scripture. Jesus asked his disciples one day, and this is in uh, Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. 
uh, he said to his disciples, says, whom do people say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, well, there's all kinds of ideas about who you are. <laughs> Same as today. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're, uh, uh, you know, you're John the Baptist or one of the prophets. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? Now, boy, there is the question on which hinges the, the, the eternal destiny of humanity. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, uh, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Well, so who do we say that he is? So this book, uh, Discovering the Real Jesus, it's to help the body of Christ and also those outside the church to come to an understanding of who Jesus really is. And Jesus, when, when Peter responded and said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for, ple- for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven and on this rock. In other words, on the, the rock that he's going to build his church is the revelation of who he is. On this rock, on the rock of the revelation, Peter, you've had of me, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We'll have more to say about that later. Uh, but let me just mention about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, this, this is a uh, fairly recent organization. It began in the late 1800s. Uh, the, the, the founder uh, predicted that Jesus would come in 1914. Uh, and when he, he would return in 1914, when it didn't happen, well, he had to come up with an explanation. So they said, well, he did really come. He came spiritually, and that's when he set up his kingdom and began his judgments in the earth, and he's using, uh, they also had call, called their organization uh, the Watchtower. And, and the Watchtower, the Jehovah's Witnesses, is his organization, his institution through which he is working. So they are very exclusive in the sense they think that they are really the only ones who have the truth. It's a sad situation. Now, uh, when it comes to Jesus, they do not believe in the deity of Jesus. They do not believe he is divine. Uh, They believe that Jesus is a created being. In fact, they believe that before his his birth in uh, Bethlehem, that he was Michael the archangel. Oh, my friends, this is a very serious heresy. Let me tell you a little uh, 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 encounter that I had with two Jehovah's Witness women uh, just not too long ago, maybe, I don't know, three, four years ago, Sue and I were visiting Canada and we were visiting her brother in Ontario. He lived in, in Toronto. And out in the country, away from the city in a, a small town area, there was a massive uh, open market, I guess not, uh, sort of a flea market type. And it was uh, operated by... Uh, I believe by Mennonites, and thousands of people attended this market on a Saturday. So uh, my brother-in-law Peter, he took us to it, and as we were entering the gate, and there, uh, you know many people coming and going, uh, I, we passed uh, uh, some two two women. They had a little tent, and I quickly realized what it was, and they had racks of books and pamphlets. And they were Jehovah's Witnesses, and they had stationed themselves in this heavy traffic area to hand out their books and their 
pamphlets and talk to anybody who wanted to talk to them. Well, we didn't stop. We went on the end, probably spent, I don't know, maybe two or three hours there. Then on our way out, we passed them again. And when we passed them on the way out, I began to feel this tugging of compassion in my heart towards them. So I told Sue and Peter, I'm going to, y'all go ahead. I'm going to go back and talk to these ladies. So I went back and I, I just sought to open up a conversation. I didn't want to make them defensive. I wanted them to be willing to talk. So I said to them, I started by saying, now, uh, how is it, according to your belief, how can somebody know that they're saved and going to heaven? And uh, so the one who was obviously leader replied, uh, well, we, we can't know that until we die. And then she quoted a scripture. And then she quoted what Jesus said, whoever endures to the end shall be saved. So then I asked a question and I was just coming across as an honest inquirer. And, And I was in a sense, I wanted to probe what they really believed and I wanted to be able then to respond and give them truth. So then I said to her, I said, and speaking to both of them, I said, does that mean that if at the end of our life, our good works outweigh our bad works, we'll be okay. She said, yes. I then had a question. I said, why then did Jesus need to come and die on the cross? If we can get to heaven by our good works, why did Jesus need to come and die on the cross? Well, they did not have an answer to that. And so, so this, see what this is, what this showed me was, They do not believe in salvation by faith in Jesus alone. Now, that doesn't mean we don't believe in good works. But but good works are the fruit of our salvation, not the cause of our salvation. You see, for them, good works is the cause of their salvation. If at the end of my life, my good works outweigh my bad works, hey, I'll be saved. So in their mind, good works are the cause of their salvation. From a biblical perspective, good works are the fruit of our salvation. Well, somewhere along the way, the name Jehovah came up, and they they used the name Jehovah. And so I said to them, I said, do you believe Jehovah is God? And and the leader said emphatically, she, she spoke emphatically, no. And so then I began to show her scriptures where Jesus claimed, identified himself with Jehovah. But by saying, I am, before Abraham was, I am. Unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. And I was saying, no, no what about this? And, and, uh, uh, and obviously they did not have answers for it. But so the leader was, she politely brought the conversation to a close. She did not want to talk to me any longer. And, uh, and I, I had a sense she was concerned about the, the other one who was probably a newer one of their converts was, was, would be negatively influenced by what I was saying. I trust that they were influenced, and I believe they were because I really believe that God drew me back to talk to them. So I politely, you, you know, thank them for the, the time, the conversation. I exhorted them to follow Jesus, and I went on my way with a sense of fulfillment that I had borne witness to our Lord, to these two women who, who, who really needed to know the real Jesus. Yes, we need to have compassion on these people. We need to be willing to confront them. 
uh, speak the speak the truth in love. And I really believe with all my heart because I really sense the Holy Spirit uh, prompted me to speak to those women. I really believe the Holy Spirit has taken those words, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if today those two women have come to know the real Jesus and are in a real evangelical type church somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me at all because I gave them the truth. There's power in God's word. So we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, the New Age Jesus of Oprah Winfrey tomorrow, but I wanted to share that story with you. I just believe that's going to bless somebody today. And if, if you are a part of Jehovah's Witnesses or uh, some kind of religious group that 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 does not believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and we're saved by faith in him alone and uh, and that Jesus is divine he is God incarnate then I pray that you will uh, if, if you will write me I'll send you a free copy of my book discovering the real Jesus Lord I ask you to bless everyone listening to this podcast today open their eyes to see the real Jesus of Scripture, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This book will be available, let's see, what is today? Probably by the first of the week. uh, uh, This is Thursday morning uh, uh, when you're here, when this is first available. Uh, I'm actually recording it Wednesday night. Uh, So it should be available by the first of this coming week. So look for it. It'll be available on Amazon and our website at eddiehyatt.com. That's my name spelled out, E-D-D-I-E-H-Y-A-T-T dot com in our bookstore there. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for another episode of the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. God bless you.